I am Larry Nissen, Chair of the IOMS Foundation, and I would like to welcome you to this segment of the IOMS Foundation podcast, celebrating the Foundation's 25th anniversary. This section will highlight the Visiting Scholar Program. These scholarships fund selected trainees for a three to four week observational opportunity in one of 33 academic centers in 15 countries. We will feature not only scholars, but also their hosts to discuss their experiences. This program began in 2018 with two scholars. In 2019, we were fortunate to collaborate in partnership with the Osteoscience Foundation to fund seven scholars, but unfortunately due to the COVID-19 pandemic, only one of these seven was able to complete their visit. He will be with us today. We also are honored to have Ms. Andrea Boydman, Executive Director of the Osteoscience Foundation, to discuss their ongoing commitment to this valuable program. Andrea, please convey our thanks to your Board of Directors for their generosity. Hosting this section today will be Dr. Julio Acero, past president of IOMS and current president of the European Association of Craniomaxillofacial Surgery and chair of the Foundation Visiting Scholar Program, to further discuss these educational opportunities and facilitate the discussion with our guest. Dr. Acero, take us through this most interesting project. Thank you, Larry. I'm Julio Acero. As Larry Nielsen mentioned, I'm proudly past president of the association. And it's for me very emotional to take part in this podcast celebrating the foundation 25th anniversary. It's very emotional because after many years dedicated to education in the International Association and finally serving our members as the president, I had the privilege to uh, be the president in the time that the foundation uh, implemented this program, which uh, I think that after having forward experience of so many uh, colleagues and colleagues deciding to uh, perform an educational exchange, and uh, really, uh, the foundation board was so keen to uh, go ahead with this program. And really, I am really happy uh, that this program finally was a reality. And now we are having this uh, podcast uh, joining a so a prominent uh, host and also our first recipient. As Larry said, uh, we start as a newborn baby and also continue with the uh, support of the Oslo Science Foundation. We were able to expand the program. Unfortunately, the COVID time has interrupted temporarily the ability uh, to perform any in-person exchange. But we have the opportunity now to, to, to understand the experiences of our uh, hosts, our scholars. And for me, it's a privilege to start introducing you the uh, host that we had in the first uh, year of the, uh, the this program, Dr. Miloro and Dr. Olson were hosting in Chicago. Uh, our scholar, the recipient, who was uh, Dr. Doer and I from Turkey. So uh, afterward, we will continue with Vienna. Dr. Milesi hosted Dr. Ole Arura Adeyiran from Nigeria, and uh, finally uh, this year we had only one recipient, Dr. Radulescu, uh, in Mexico, he was able to uh, fill out this, this program. So we'll start with Chicago, where we were our, our first uh, host, and also uh, we had our first recipient, uh, Dr. Doganai. Uh, Dr. Miloro, Dr. Dr. Olson, 
how was your experience uh, being uh, the pioneers starting this program in Chicago and being for the first time uh, the host for a so important program? Dr. Miloro? You know, thank you, Julio, and, and thank you to the IOMS and to Osteoscience Foundation for, uh, for this opportunity for really a, a wonderful opportunity for young surgeons to visit training sites in other countries and gain additional experience and realize sort of on the one hand how similar we do things across continents and on the other hand how differently we do things. And those differences uh, that, that that young surgeon can bring those new ideas and best practices back to their own programs to potentially improve uh, uh, what they're doing. Our specific scholar, I'll just mention uh, Dr. Doganay, um, I think took full advantage of everything we had to offer in Chicago, including uh, attending our busy outpatient clinic, experiencing our high volume and wide variety of major inpatient uh, operating room cases, participating in our comprehensive didactic program, uh, attending local and regional oral surgery meetings, including a very fun trip to Ann Arbor, Michigan, to the University of Michigan uh, together, and uh, finally performing research and scholarly activity within our areas of research interest, including orthognathic surgery and uh, nerve injuries and nerve regeneration, and that led to a publication in the International Journal of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery. So looking back on uh, her experience, I, I do believe that Dr. Doganay represents a true IAOMS visiting scholar success story. Thank you, Dr. Miloro. And maybe before coming to uh, your co-host, Dr. Olson, who was also past president of our session, maybe we can go to your, your guest at that time, Dr. Doganay from Turkey. How was your experience in, in, in Chicago? And first, I would like to ask, why did you apply for this scholarship? Um, hello, everyone. First of all, um, it's a great honor to be a part of this IOMS Foundation 25th Anniversary Podcast Series. First of all, uh, I applied for the visiting scholarship to participate in an international maxillofacial training program to gain a different perspective and experience to see which opportunities are offered by the international universities and, of course, to meet the renowned mentors. Actually, I had a special reason I wanted to meet with Dr. Miloro since my residency life. I knew him from the Peterson's principal textbook. So uh, I think this also pushed me for the application. Yeah, Dr. Dogan, I thank you for your uh, input. And maybe that Dr. Olson, who was also your host, can also uh, tell us about uh, his experience. Thank you, Julio. And, and it's a great honor to be with you all today. Um, and I also want to echo uh, Michael's congratulations to the foundation, our IOMS Foundation, and, and Andrea uh, as part of the Osteoscience Foundation. Thank you again for all of your support. And uh, certainly, uh, Dr. Dogane couldn't have been a better uh, scholar visiting us here in Chicago um, because I think, uh, as Michael pointed out, uh, it, it was a breath of fresh air on so many levels. Um, it really exposed, um, I think, us we, every day that we work here in Chicago, you trying to keep your nose to the grindstone. And, and here you have uh, a young scholar who is interested in the future of our specialty, who takes advantage of that future. Um, 
and comes basically to Chicago to spend what was a very productive amount of time. And so the things that the scholarship and, and Larry uh, Nissen, who's a foundation chair of the IOMS in the vision uh, of the development of this, um, I think it really brought about two significant points. One um, is the learning of, of surgery and research and everything else that you have to deal with to try and become a scholar. And number two, I think it infuses um, new energy to our programs uh, here in Chicago. And I think for any other program that hosts a place that has somebody as, as vibrant and, and positively thinking and energetic as Dr. Dogane. Um, so all the virtues that we look for in an exchange like this uh, came to fruition like this. And I think it's, it is, uh, it's something that wants us to continue this, uh, this process in the future. And I think it's ultimately uh, Dr. Dogone is an example of the youth that we have in our association and, and the strength that we are going to carry on in terms of the future of our association with young professionals. Thank you, Alexis. I think this is a very important point. Uh, so our hosts are young people, are active. They have uh, received an international touch. And this is very important for the future of our association. It's a nice thing of the exchange opportunities is the opportunity to interact not only with our famous professors like Dr. Milesi, Dr. Miloro, Dr. Olson, uh, but also with the young specialists or young trainees in the recipient in the host center. Are you continuing having relationship? Are you continuing having correspondence with the other colleagues, young colleagues from Chicago, which can have an impact in your future life, maybe common projects, research, pro research projects, etc. Um, now um, we, we are not a connection with uh, any other colleagues in Chicago, am I right? Yeah, if you have continued having connection, that can be a, a positive for, for future common projects. Yes, maybe. Okay, this is something that can be a product of our programs. But Dr. also mentioned that energetic uh, is one word for this type of project we have here with us our president, Dr. Milesi, who is a synonym of energy. Gabby, how was your experience as a, a hosting a Dr. Moses from Nigeria in your department in Vienna? Uh, thank you very much, Julio, for the, for the introduction. And I have to say that I'm very happy to be part of this podcast because all these scholarships have always been a dream of myself, even not yet when I was in leadership, because I think this is one of the best projects IMS and our foundation and uh, foundation, Osteoscience Foundation as well, is supporting. I think this has an enormous value for all our next-gen colleagues. And uh, I can only tell from my own very own experience when I was a very young resident, I, I had a hard time, I have to say, because I had old senior professors who were not, who were expecting me to be in the OR to assist. And they did not teach me anything practically. They did not explain anything. And I know how important it is to have someone who tells you what you see, what you have to see and to write to be in there in the in the OR. So I think the chance that the young surgeon has the possibility to participate and be part in the team with the senior uh, surgeon is just incredible good. And uh, I'm very happy that uh, our association is offering this possibility to global and international 
uh, young next gen colleagues that they can participate in a program like this. And to see the enthusiasm and the interest of those young colleagues, it's like a spark, like lighting a fire. You know, then you are in there and you do a case together and you try to explain as much as you can from your own perspective and your experience. And I think this is a win-win situation. It's wonderful for me and it's wonderful for the colleague who is in there as well. I don't know how what Dr. Moses is going to tell us, but it was my pleasure to have him as one of our scholars. And it's always an incredible experience to have people from all over the world, from Taiwan, from, from Jordania, from, from Indonesia, and from Nigeria. So I think it's great. It's I, I think we, we have to push it as hard as we can because the value of those scholarships is just enormous. So happy to see that that movement at that time was positive because I can see the enthusiasm of all of you participating in the program. And uh, you received Dr. Adediran Moses from Nigeria. Nigeria is a country where the International Association were carrying out a program for reconstruction. Maybe the interaction had an influence in Dr. Adediran for applying for this program. What did you, Dr. Adediran Moses, who was our a scholar visiting Vienna. Why did you apply to this program? Thank you very much for the question. I actually applied for the program to have an international experience, to see all those big surgical operations, big in quotes, that were not privileged in my center in Nigeria, to lay our hands upon, not because of anything, because insurance does not cover them. So because of that, I put it as upon myself to get those procedures, those surgical operations in a done international way. So my joy knows no bound when I had a great opportunity. Thanks to IOML, thanks to Foundation Chair, and thanks to my teacher, her mother, an educationist. It was a very, very nice experience that you cannot actually quantify. It is a life-changing experience in life. And I can tell you, the, within, within those period of time, the experience I got cannot be overemphasized. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Adelina. So I can see that our educational experience can also offer some familiar relationship. <laughs> uh, and uh, so uh, I would like to ask, because I, I know that you are working in a big country with many uh, people and clearly uh, the maxillofacial care is progressing. Uh, don't you think that something that something special that you did learn in Vienna was useful uh, for you to take home and for your patients in Nigeria and also for teaching other colleagues? Because one of the, I would say, a part of the philosophy of the internationalization is also to train, to teach the trainers. You will be future trainers and maybe this question could be for you and also for Dr. Doganai. Uh, don't you think that this experience uh, was positive for something that you could introduce to your country and also benefit your colleagues and patients there? Dr. Most at the Diran, Nigeria. Thank you very much for the beautiful experience that could pass down into generations. I was privileged to study under, to have those surgical skills under Dr. Gabriela Milisi. 
and he made them ridiculously easy. Big surgical operations. And coming back home, I've tried as much as possible to get other younger generations, other younger residents, doctors, and let them know that the so big core surgical operations, like bilateral sagittal split osteotomy, like orbital decompression, lifts one osteotomy, the so big calls mid-facial surgeries. I was able to get them ridiculously made easy by Dr. Gribella Melissi. And though the equipment might be a sophisticated equipment that in my center, the government or the private um, community cannot actually be able to get. But those kids, I was able to gather younger ones and pass it down to them one by after the other. It was a great experience that a life-changing one, that it will go in the harness of history that I was able to pick parts. Thank you. Very interesting points. Dr. Doganai, and something that you can highlight that you took home to your country that could be of benefit for your patients and your colleagues there? Yeah, thank you. Uh, treatment planning and techniques for the reconstruction of neurosensory impairment and virtual surgical planning for orthognatic surgery are basically what I learned during my scholarship period. Besides this, I worked in a research project together with Dr. Milero, as he said, uh, and it was published six months ago in the International Journal for Online Maxillofacial Surgery. Thank you. So, unfortunately, Dr. Salgado from Mexico cannot join us because of surgical duties that make impossible she to join us. But uh, she transferred to me that for her, it was a really very pleasant experience to share with young surgeons uh, the uh, ability in treating, especially cleft lift and palate. Uh, so uh, now we move to Dr. Radulescu, who uh, we are privileged having you here and you were a host in Mexico. Uh, how was your experience there with Dr. Salgado? It was a great experience. Um, and I want to start by uh, thank you for having me here among so many well-known international uh, mentors in our, in our specialty. Um, I had a great experience uh, in Mexico in the city of Toluca, a small city that I didn't even know that exists, uh, where I went to learn um, more about uh, cleft lip and palate, the primary surgical procedures, um, which I didn't, I was not exposed during my training. Um, so um, Dr. Uh, Maria Sagado was uh, very attentive from the very beginning, asked me why exactly are you sure and how can I help you? How, what kind of surgeons do you want to meet and what kind of, what do you want to see? So I explained to her, I want to see the procedures because I read about them, but I never did them myself. And I want to interact with the orthodontist that you work with. I want to see how you prepare the patients and how do you manage them after. So um, she made everything possible and she exposed me to um, other doctors. And um, overall, it was a great experience and I'm very happy I went there. Thank you, Dr. Adulescu. So it seems that a, the decision we took to create a uh, the the gold red book, the IOM's red book of training center was a good decision because we were able to invite a really very vocational leaders as you are. And Dr. Salgado uh, mentioned in a conversation, previous conversation to me 
that this touch of uh, that we had of interpersonal contact was very very important. Now we will go to a critical, let's say, concept now, which is the not in person but virtual contact. We are running virtual congresses. Uh, we are running virtual meetings. But you have been you have a privilege having the in-person contract. So I will uh, come back to Dr. Miloro and Dr. Olson in Chicago. Uh, do you think that keeping uh, this interpersonal contact in the world is important for this program that we are uh, discussing about? Or uh, we can have some virtual, uh, let's say, component of the program? Do you think that this program without the interpersonal contact couldn't exist? Dr. Miloro? It's, a, it's an excellent point. I guess over a year ago, none of us knew what Zoom meant. And now we live day by day uh, virtually. And certainly uh, the didactic component can be accomplished uh, via webinars. And we have many of those. Uh, most of the meetings now have either been uh, all, uh, uh, all virtual or hybrid in nature. Our didactic program due to physical distancing has been uh, switched completely to virtual. So the basics, the basic didactics can be um, uh, virtual. However, it's so critical for many reasons to have that uh, direct contact. We cannot teach surgery uh, virtually. It's just not possible. We, we need to have the hands-on and as, as you mentioned, uh, Dr. Acero, um, the interpersonal interactions are, are critical. Um, Dr. Doganay did keep in touch with uh, our residents after she left uh, back for Turkey, uh, working on the data set for the research project and the publication that, that she had in the journal. So, um, and I think she does uh, maintain some of those relationships that are, uh, are really important and, and a major component of this program. So uh, interpersonal contact must occur and hopefully in the post-COVID era, we'll, we'll be able to resume uh, those interactions. Dr. Olson, you have the same opinion? Yeah, I, I think Dr. Maloro uh, said it eloquently. And I think at the end of the day, it's much like the IOMS is the exchange of information and knowledge. Um, and in this situation of a scholar, a visiting scholar, um, it is imperative, I think, that we have to have this face-to-face uh, -face contact and interaction. Um, and it also has to do with patient care. I think ultimately is, is that's a segment, uh, one component of the segment of the management of a patient altogether. And I think that's imperative for the experience uh, to understand, not just to operate, but to understand everything else that goes around it. So I do think uh, in-person experience is, is, uh, is the highest uh, knowledge. Thank you, Gabby. Yes, uh, I think when you heard the answers of our, our our scholars, then you it was the answer to the question because you know it's the the the, the personal interaction and you're leading by per example. So you you they see how you how you treat the case, how you treat the patient, and then you can go you can dig into those questions and problems, and you can only do this in person. You can get a, a theoretical knowledge, and and, get, and your you can expand your your uh, uh, your your knowledge, your professional knowledge. But you still need this very important contact with your colleagues and your mentors 
um, and vice versa. This is so crucial, I think. So I'm sure I totally share your, your thoughts. I think that this virtual world that we are experiencing now is something that uh, will be uh, helping us, but cannot uh, substitute this, especially for, for this type of change. I'm sure that our our uh, awarded scholars were uh, also in agreement with that, because I cannot imagine this experience, Dr. Radulescu, uh, without a personal contact. Can you imagine that? What's your opinion about the, the virtual component? I will ask our uh, scholars about his opinion on this on this topic. Dr. Radulescu? I mean, I challenge anybody to try to learn how to repair bilateral cleft by reading books. And uh, for me, it didn't work. And um, having this, seeing it being done in front of me and having a mentor who, who explains it to me, the personal context makes the, makes the transfer, transfer of information so much efficient. So I think in certain surgical areas, it, we can learn it from books. In others, it's basically impossible, I think. We are a profession that's hands-on and um, that component will always be there. And the mentor can make it so much easier. We can read a chapter, a mentor can explain you in five words what you understood and what you didn't understand. Thank you. Now we go to Dr. Doganai. What is your opinion about this reality that we are expressing now? And uh, if it can substitute the, the world that we experience, I'm sure that you were enjoying your experience in Chicago and a real experience with in-person contact with Dr. Olson, Dr. Miller, but not virtual. Dr. Doganai? Yes, actually, I agree with uh, all. Despite the increasing demand for the online education, I would like to emphasize the importance of the face-to-face -face interaction to strengthen the relation between the researchers. People can get more and improve themselves when they work together in these well-organized centers with renowned mentors. Moreover, willing ones may find an option to take part in a research project. Unfortunately, with distance learning, we cannot have this kind of experience. Thank you. And uh, Dr. Adediran, and you are living in a, a continent which uh, somehow sometimes can be far away from uh, centers of uh, research. But for you, traveling to Vienna, I'm sure that was an amazing experience, as you mentioned before. What do you think about making a world only virtual or about the in-person contacts? Thank you very much. Physical learning is nothing but the best, especially for surgical operations. For the training, nothing but physical learning. I remember when I went for visa interview at the embassy, I was asked, You Nigerian, are you sure you are not running away from Nigeria? Are you sure you are going to come back? Then it was Skype. I was told, Why can I learn through? Why not Skype? Then there was no even Zoom, it was Skype. At the embassy, I was asked that question, Why can you not? Why can I, can't I do it through this Skype? means but i can tell them i told them that it is strictly hands-on is the best you cannot learn by correspondence and i actually appreciate uh, my my teacher my trainer for how she made it so easy for me so i join everyone to say nothing but physical learning hands-on nothing but that thank you very much 
Thank you. So it seems that the decision we took uh, detecting the necessity of our members to uh, to have an international personal exchange was positive and we are growing and without the support of our, let's say, friends like the Osteoscience Foundation, all of this wouldn't be possible because a virtual meeting is not so expensive than us traveling, but as we have seen, is this type of, of exchange wouldn't be possible. So, Andrea, I thank you again for being here and also representing the Osteoscience Foundation for supporting this program that uh, is expanding and will expand after the COVID time. So tell us uh, what about the visiting scholarship? Why is it appealing for your foundation, for the Science Foundation? Uh, I understand that you was uh, the foundation was informed about this project. You enthusiastically support, uh, are supporting this. Tell us why and what is your ideas and uh, your impact about having been supporting this uh, program for, for this time. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you so much. No, it, it's wonderful to be here and I appreciate you including us. I know our board of directors is just so excited about the work and collaboration that we have with the International Association. When the foundation launched, it was exclusively operating in the United States. And in 2019, the board made the decision to expand globally. And it just um, was a natural partnership to work with the IOMS. And uh, we were really excited to be able to support a few different programs. And the Visiting Scholars Program in, in particular is something that is very uh, very close to our board of directors' hearts. Um, we have a similar program, the Clinical Observership Program, where we send residents to train with surgeons in private practice. And I think that we can see just from their experience also that the hands-on training and the importance of the one-on-one -on -one learning just can't be matched anywhere else, as my colleagues have said. So um, this program is, is very exciting because it's a way to really supplement the training that these surgeons have received um, after they've completed their residency. So they're really at a point in their career where they can just, you know, really learn and really take this hands-on experience and run with it. So, um, you know, it, it very much is, in, is aligned with what Osteoscience Foundation is doing to support oral maxillofacial surgeons around the world. Thank you, Andrea. I think this is a key point. I think that we are we are representing or we are not talking in the 25th anniversary of the IAOMS Foundation. And this international association, which is the global association representing the specialty throughout the world. So this is a global society. So I feel proud also as the chair of this program, not only uh, because it's clear that our uh, scholars are happy, our friends like Hosto Science Foundation, is happy to support this international exchange. I think that uh, our specialty will be stronger and stronger having this internet, this global uh, aspect and this program clearly uh, promotes that. So uh, do you think, Andrea, that uh, after your experience that really this program can contribute uh, to uh, benefit the specialty globally? And what areas of the specialty can be, let's say, improved at largest in the next years? Well, I don't know if I can comment on improvements, but absolutely. Some future, some future, some future. <laughs> but let's go to the future. We have to think okay. about the future always. 
Well, I think that one of the most exciting things is is just being able to give surgeons around the world the opportunity to learn from experts in the in the field um, that they wouldn't have access to otherwise. And you know, we, we think about this in terms of you know just being able to create these opportunities that really the the surgeons are able to impart their knowledge, and then the the participants can go back to their home countries and share what they've learned with their colleagues. And so it really is just sort of an exponential learning learning experience. And I think that making these connections, um, it's it's so impressive that the IMS has so many partners and so many um, clinicians who want to be mentors and to support these these training training surgeons. Um, you know, it, it really is such an exciting opportunity. And I think, you know, hearing from the, the surgeons who have participated in this program, um, it sounds like it's really, you know, very dramatically impacted their careers in such a positive way. Thank you, Andrea. You raised that point, which is important. We are impressed by the number of uh, prestigious centers uh, which are offering this opportunity. And so this is uh, to our host, really. Uh, we are proud to offer to our members, to our young members, young colleagues, uh, this impressive uh, listing of centers globally offering this opportunity. Uh, why did you apply for being host centers? Uh, for being more famous or for having a, a fresh air, uh, let's say, touch in your departments, Dr. Miloro? Or why? Uh, because Dr. Olson was the president, I say, oh, maybe we have to. To, to make it to, to give an example to the other, Dr. Miloro. I'm not. I'm not sure it's possible to be more famous. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah, <laughs> agree. Totally agree. <laughs> but um, no, I think I think uh, we're pre-selecting individuals like Dr. Moses, Dr. Radulescu, and Dr. Dogane. Um, these are individuals who really want to improve themselves as well as the people around them in their countries and. And we are so passionate about education that we want to help support that in every possible way. And especially when we have somebody, my experience with Dr. Dogane was she was she was uh, just a sponge for knowledge and information and experience. And, and we have to embrace that as educators. And I do that every day for my own residents. And I'm more than happy to do that. Uh, and I'm extremely uh, proud to have done that with her and, and anyone else who would, would, want, would want to spend time in Chicago, one of the greatest cities in the world, of course. Yeah, it is. It is. It is uh, our headquarters also. I visited uh, during my presidency and during my uh, serving my time serving the association. So frequently Chicago is really an amazing city and Dr. Olson is also working there. And also, did you apply also for your obligation as the president <laughs> or because uh, you are sharing the same values as Dr. Miloro mentioned? Well, I think, you know, uh, Dr. Miloro and I have had a, a long cooperation for many years. And I think uh, as as the institutions in Chicago that that uh, uh, bring out, you know, a good education for residents. So I think that's kind of uh, born into that system in general. Uh, I, as a disclaimer, no, I didn't advertise. Or we didn't advertise for us to be here. I think it was simply a question by the IMS and uh, IMS Foundation Chair, and of course, uh, Julio, you as, as, a, as chair of this uh, scholarship, was you know would would your institution be willing to accept uh, a, a scholar to visit? Um, there are some hiccups to try and get through, you know, visas and all that stuff. But if you eliminate those sort of problems that can appear themselves. Dr. Dogane was the one who sought us out. 
Um, and I think that's the, the important thing to understand is, is that's, that's where it comes from. And to Dr. Maloro's point, it's, it's the, the resilience of Dr. Moses, uh, Dr. Doganai, Dr. Redlitsexu, um, that they want to find where they want to go to, to assimilate the knowledge that they want to get. And I think that's what it happens. Not us going to our chairman or our, our deans uh, saying that we want this as a feather, but of course it is a, a feather in our cap. It's difficult sometimes, but really our dedicated uh, hosts are really the, uh, taking an incredible uh, task serving the association, Dr. Dr. Millesi. I'm really impressed by this conversation because it brings to my to my mind, to my heart, so many personal experiences with our uh, professors and our students and our, that really, Gabi, you are also so passionate and I'm sure that you applied uh, for being host to continue serving our young, our young colleagues without any doubt. I, you know, I'm working in a, in a, in a university hospital, so I have always have a, a resident next with me in the OR and I teach them how to do it. And I think this opportunity should be open to a global community and to our global next gen uh, colleagues. So uh, it's, you know, and then you, as an old se- senior surgeon, you know, doing surgery is like flying a plane. You have step by step, you do your, your work step by step. And this is, then it gets, it gets easy to, to explain it to a young surgeon how to do it. So I love to share that. And I think I'm, I'm, I only hope we can have as many uh, scholars as we, that many will come to Vienna because I really like to show them how to do it and, and to share my experience. That is our, I think also our obligation as senior surgeons to do that. And uh, being part of the IMS family and association, I definitely see this as one of my main tasks to share our experience with the next gen. This is the key point, I think, that we all that are included in this program. In fact, I'm also a mentor uh, of our department in Madrid, uh, sharing the same that is our patient for the specialty of our patient to share our knowledge and to open it for uh, the young people, especially from uh, coming from other countries. In fact, I will tell my experience that uh, now we are uh, looking forward to a uh, welcome in Madrid, uh, our uh, appointed uh, scholar, uh, who is Dr. Uh, Maida from, from Pakistan. But due to the COVID, we are, but before the visit, we have the, our correspondence and we are, let's say, friends before the, just before the, the visit, because he's looking forward to come. I got COVID infection hospitalized and she was breathing up. I hope that uh, that you will recover to visit you. And now she got COVID infection also. And so both the, the host and the scholar waiting uh, to come to our department finally are uh, suffering this situation. But it means that this program also is establishing links just before the visit, which is very important. This means that we all are sharing this type of passion for the specialty at the side of, of sharing uh, knowledge. And for, from the point of view of our scholars, Dr. Adulescu, Dr. Adediran, Dr. Toganai, do you think that a, a, this offer that we try to set up, uh, building the Red Book with, a, Larry mentioned, 33 centers around the world, 
It's good for you. You have uh, had as uh, scholars uh, had a good uh, basis to choose the to select the, the departments you wanted to visit, or we should expand this listing or including other areas of the specialty that are not included. Your opinion, Doctor, starting Doctor Radulescu. Um, well, I appreciate it from the very beginning, knowing that I was interested in a cleft lip and palate. There were several centers that I had the option to. Um, to choose. So there was in India and other, other places of the world, in Europe. Um, for me, I specifically uh, decided to go to, um, to Mexico because um, I have um, a fascination toward Latin American culture. So this is another component that embellished my experience over there. Um, so I, I, I definitely appreciated the, the diversity and uh, the more diverse, the better. It cannot hurt anybody. Thank you. We tried uh, when we were setting up this 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 catalog of centers uh, to include centers from different continents, offering different point of view. As you accurately said, there are some fields of the specialty that could be approached from different views, and our uh, scholars maybe want to to observe from different point of view. Your experience, Doctor Adediran, concerning the possibilities that we are offering. You selected Vienna, but. Uh, do you think that we uh, could expand our offer or what is your opinion about our Red Book? Thank you very much, Tom. I believe the best is for the scholar to choose from options that are so much uh, available. It is the best. I had to look at in what areas am I deficient, in my deficiency? In what area do I need upgrading of my surgical skills? And those areas actually prompt me to know which particular country, which particular person I'm going to meet that will be my teacher. So in the best interest of the scholar, I think it is good. It is wise. It's a good decision to have options of the countries, to have options of the topics, to have options of the areas a scholar is deficient on. The area a young surgeon is deficient on so that he can actually go to those areas and that would be the best for him or her. Thank you, Dr. Adiran. And your opinion, Dr. Ganai, about the offer that we uh, have available? If it fits your necessities, clearly. I believe that candidates need to choose a training center based on their field of interest and expertise. Uh, also, it depends on a country which they want to visit or travel options, as well as culture which they feel more intimate with. Thank you. Yeah, something that was under discussion when we started is because you know that the International Association Foundation is offering the, the fellowships for one year. So we detected that Many young colleagues wanted to have a short experience, but were more viable and to come back to the countries. Do you think that uh, this, uh, let's say, timing we offer for one month, more or less, or two months, so short scholarships is adequate? Would you propose, after your experience, any changes or any, let's say, improvements in our program? Let's start with our scholars. Uh, Dr. Doganai again. 
Um, I think this short-term in-person training may provide different perspectives and give a chance to meet with great mentors in their field of expertise. And they may also have a chance to collaborate with international associations, universities, residents, and I think collect unforgettable memories. Thank you. And for you, Dr. Adedira, was a adequate, let's say, a scheme for this type of scholarships? Dr. Gabriel Mirisi made sure that during that period of six weeks, I was able to lay up enough hands on. I was, I was able to learn a lot. But I propose that it would be better if the period can be longer than that so that the visiting scholar will have e varieties of opportunities, enough opportunities, because it can never be enough. Those, that period of six weeks, four weeks, I actually believe it's not, it, 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 it is not enough. Though still depending on the teacher, it's still actually depending on the trainer. She was able to package enough for me for that period. And I had enough to bite, I had enough to, to teach when I got back home. So I give that kudos to her. But the period of four to six weeks, actually, if it can be expanded, it will be good. Thank you. And now your opinion, Dr. Radulescu? Um, I, I totally agree uh, with what uh, Dr. Adediran was saying. It, it, it depends on what the scope uh, that the trainee seeks. Uh, for me, it worked great. I went to, uh, for a, for a three-weeks training, and I was in private practice at that time. So taking time off, um, it was very difficult for me. And I had only a limited, I had to use all my vacation for the year to, to, um, to get uh, to travel and uh, to, to, for the three, three weeks. So for somebody in my shoes who's in private practice was going to leave patients aside and come back to treat them, three weeks is it's great. Uh, but I had a very narrow scope for somebody else who's interested in cancer or more um, uh, uh, procedures that are more el elaborated than uh, op longer options probably are, 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 are better. Thank you. So I think that uh, we all agree that it's a successful program and that it can open also ways for the future for having some intermediate scholars. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that was a very fruitful conversation. I would like to thank all of you for taking part here, uh, very especially to our uh, hosts in the different centers for the effort they take to share their knowledge, to our trainees, our scholars for taking his time, leaving their families and to go to other country to learn, to share the experience. And also, as we have heard, also to provide an input to the department. This is an exchange, always exchange, uh, to Osteoscience Foundation, uh, for its support and I'm sure that uh, this is clearly contributing to the progress of our young colleagues of the specialty globally and many many thanks also to our headquarters thank you very much I hope you have uh, enjoyed this uh, conversation as I did and my gratitude to all of you as the chair of the uh, visiting scholarship program thank you to you all and we'll continue sharing our experiences and our Thank you very much. Thank you once again for listening to our celebratory podcast series, the IOMS Foundation, 25 Years and Beyond. We are grateful to all of those who volunteered their time to participate in this series 
and for their continued support of the IMS Foundation. I would also like to extend my appreciation to our corporate and foundation partners, KLS Martin Group, the Osteoscience Foundation, and the OMS Foundation for their ongoing support. To learn more about the IMS Foundation's programs and opportunities, or to make a gift to the foundation, visit www.iomsfoundation.org. We look forward to connecting with you soon.